0: Left politics can win in New York City and L.A. and San Francisco and Chicago. But what about Iowa and Ohio? Mike Lux says left politics can win all over the country. He's a longtime strategist for the progressive movement and for Democratic candidates. His career spans four decades and six presidential campaigns. He's worked with the FLCIO, MoveOn.org, Planned Parenthood, the NAACP Voter Fund, and Netroots Nation. And he's written a new book. It's called How to Democrat in the Age of Trump. He's also a contributor to The Nation. Mike Lux, welcome to the program. Thank you very much.
1: It's good to be here. I love I love The Nation and I love the podcast. Well, thank you.
0: Of course, we're all thrilled about the stunning upset victory of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez for that congressional seat from Queens in the Bronx. She beat the person who was considered to be the likely next Democratic leader of the House. Yeah, And yeah, she's he, going he to win in November. Yeah. She'll then be the youngest woman ever elected to the House. And one more thing, she's a member of Democratic Socialists of America. Tell us, for starters about her campaign, her issues, how she organized it, and her fundraising.
1: well, I wasn't I wasn't directly involved uh, uh, with Alex's campaign, although I know a lot of the people that were. I tell you, she came she came out of nowhere. Uh, she she literally, as your uh, as your listeners probably know, she literally tended to bar, you know, before she ran for Congress, uh, uh, the, the ultimate uh, grassroots insurgent candidate. Uh, but she uh, she caught fire uh, with people, um, not not just because she's a charismatic person and she is, um, but because she articulated a vision of working class col- politics that that I would argue goes beyond left right. It's more uh, who's got the power and who doesn't, who's inside and who's out. D- to me, it was a classic example of the the, the Democratic Party leadership. I just think they've gotten out of touch with their own grassroots. We we become too much of a top-down party in Washington D.C., uh, and uh, and we've fallen asleep to what uh, grassroots, working-class folks uh, really care about. And she tapped into all of that and scored uh, the upset of the year.
0: Well, what the Democratic establishment has been saying ever since she won was that her kind of politics may work in the Bronx and Queens and, you know, South L.A. and Oakland, but it's not going to work in the middle of the country and it's not going to work in middle-class suburbs. Uh, Tammy Duckworth, senator from Illinois, said, uh, we have to be careful not to be, quote, too far to the left, close quote. You, you have a piece in The Nations arguing that they're wrong about that. Why do you think they're wrong?
1: Uh, Alex's campaign represented the people who cared about working people, the outsiders, the powerless, and uh, that's who responded to her. The same kind of folks uh, uh, are feeling that in Iowa and Omaha and uh, Montana and uh, Ohio. And if you look at the kinds of campaigns that have been, uh, successful there ag- against, uh, uh, really against the, the trend line, uh, in American politics, the, it's been populist Democrats, working class Democrats. Uh, when you look at Sherrod Brown, he is the only Democrat, uh, to have won statewide, uh, for an Ohio elective office in the last 10 years. Every other office statewide uh, has been won by Republicans, but Sherrod Brown, uh, six years ago, running against more money uh, from Karl Rove, mostly uh, and, and his funders, uh, you know, Wall Street and the big, the, all the big businesses, uh, he he had more money spent against him than anybody else. Was vastly outspent by by super PACs, but he never trailed. Uh, even when he was dark on TV for months at a time, with these attacks going on, he never trailed, and he and he won by a bigger margin than Obama won that year. Uh, o- o- Obama squeaked through in Ohio by a little bit, but he won uh, uh, by I think six or seven points. Uh, and right now, this is supposed to be the toughest race, one of the toughest races of the year for Senate Democrats to hold because it was Ohio and Trump had won Ohio by nine points. Sherrod is running way far ahead in the polling, uh, kicking the ass of the Republican who's running against him. Uh, and and it's because he's running as a populist, working class person who cares about working people. You, and you see that pattern in other states, Tammy Baldwin, who is as progressive a senator as, as there is in the Senate. She's had huge money dumped against her, but she's still doing well in Wisconsin. And you go through state after state in the Midwest, in the West, it's populist Democrats, it's progressive Democrats, it's working class oriented Democrats, outsider oriented Democrats that are running better campaigns than these new Democrats who are hewing more to Wall Street's line.
0: Well, let's get specific about the issues. Are we talking here about Medicare for all, a $15 minimum wage, free college tuition, a, a multi-trillion dollar infrastructure program, action on climate change? Are these the issues that work in all these places?
1: Uh, I think for the most part, I think the only the only one of those issues that is, is going to be more controversial in, in some of those places is Medicare for all. Uh, and I think in a lot of places it's going to be plenty popular. And I think if you frame it right and talk about it right, uh, you can sell it. But I think there might be a little bit of a reaction in some in some more conservative working class areas to how much is that going to cost us. Uh, and and I think among uh, among some seniors is like we like our Medicare. We don't we don't want you to do something to ruin the system by adding everybody else in. There there's kind of a defensive reaction. From folks who who already have it uh, and like it, but I think I think it, it's an issue that can be talked about, framed, explained in a way that um, that even even reluctant folks can go along with it and I think that there are also you know alternatives that you can talk about. There's a new proposal out that that Jeff Merkley, who's on the Medicare for all bill, but he's also pushing some different alternatives that he's been pushing, which is the idea of maybe maybe not initially medicare for all but but at least medicare for everyone who wants it and needs it (laughs) right so the basic idea is if you if you want to keep your current plan you'd still be allowed to do so but anybody who who has a has a bad plan or who doesn't have a plan or is getting screwed by the by the state exchanges can can jump into medicare
0: well there's one thing i notice about this list medicare for all 15 dollars minimum wage free college tuition this is the Bernie Sanders agenda from 2016, and Bernie Sanders was very controversial. Bernie Sanders didn't win the primary. There's still a lot of antagonism to Bernie Sanders in the party establishment. Do you think the people who opposed Bernie Sanders in 2016 are ready to adopt his program now? I think the party is moving in that direction.
1: You, you know, uh, Bernie, Bernie was remarkable in that nobody gave him a prayer to do anywhere near as well as he did. Uh, Hillary, Hillary Clinton got more more endorsements, more support from the party establishment than, than literally any non-incumbent had ever gotten. Um, and Bernie still came close to winning because of the power of that message. In, in a different kind of campaign, in a wide-open race, uh, I think a, a candidate uh, with that kind of message uh, would win the primary, uh, and I think we will see in 2016 more candidates moving in that direction uh, just because they know that's where uh, the energy in the party is.
0: Now, what the opponents of, let's call it, the Bernie agenda and the Democratic Party say is that this is not going to win over the uh, suburban moderates who in the past voted Republican but now are turned off by Trump and opposed Trump these people are ready to be recruited to oppose Trump and having a truly left wing program is not going to succeed with suburban moderates what do you think about that argument
1: well i talk about that uh, a lot in my book i think this the suburban moderate is one of the more overhyped demographic groups in american politics and 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 has been for a while if if you look at uh, and And exit polls are flawed. Uh, but if you look at the combination of voting patterns, exit polls, pre-election polls, post-election polls, uh, that that whole mix of numbers, you don't find any evidence that uh, this these quote unquote suburban moderates or or suburban Republicans voted for Hillary in any higher, degree, uh, that, that they swung more toward us than, than they, they might have in a normal, uh, election year. She got a little bit, uh, a, a little bit more, uh, votes from them than, uh, than Obama did against Romney, but it wasn't that much, uh, at, whereas most of our money, most of our targeting, most of our mail, most of our TV was targeted to those voters. I think the i think the clinton campaign became over obsessed with those voters because they most of the time at the end of the day they tend to support republicans look I, if a congressional candidate is running in that kind of seat that's heavy with with uh, higher income suburban moderates maybe they don't talk so much about about some of those issues maybe maybe they run their own campaign in their own way but i think if you look at the numbers there's a lot more working class people than there are higher income suburbanites. There's a lot more people uh in uh in mixed uh mixed income and mixed race suburbs than there are in high income suburbs. Uh, there's a lot more swing voters by any measure of the of the term uh, among working class folks than there are among higher income folks. I'll say one final thing there's a lot of there's a lot of folks. Uh, in, in those higher income suburban swing vote categories, who are actually, actually tend to be with us on uh, a lot of issues. A lot of them love their public schools. A lot of them are appalled by how much money, how much debt their kids have to get into to go to college. A lot of them have no problem with $15 minimum wage because they want people to come out of poverty. Uh, there, a lot of them are with us on immigration to To worry about offending a few of them uh, on a few of these economic issues uh, seems to be a, a case of uh, uh, of over over obsessing
0: uh, to me. One last question campaign financing you know we're told money talks and and the candidate who raises the most money almost always wins. Most campaign funding pays for TV ads and consultants. My understanding is those don't really convince people to turn out and vote uh, who are skeptic, skeptical or apathetic or undecided. What convinces people is face-to-face contact with their neighbors who come and talk to them on their doorstep. What do you think about the, the obsession with campaign funding in this cycle, in all cycles? I think that
1: we got... Uh, Over obsessed with TV ads uh, a long time ago, and that you could argue back in the 70s and 80s when I was coming into politics uh, that that made more sense than it does now. But I have never thought that it's may that we should be spending the percentage of our campaign budgets on TV that uh, that are spent. Um, I think that investments in in classic old school person to person, friend to friend. Peer to peer, worker to worker, church member to church member, and door to door, and 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 phone to phone, right? Yeah. Uh, and now social media to social media. I think that kind of person to person organizing is is extremely important, and it's far more trusted and trustworthy by the people who are receiving those messages than TV ads. Our people have gro- grown incredibly cynical about political TV ads. Shocking, right? Uh, <laughs> why would they be cynical about right. TV ads? They have, they have, but they have, and, and that's a good thing. So I think we need to trust the people. The people work a lot more than uh, than TV ads. That's not to say that I'm against ever spending any money on TV ads. Of course you spend some, and of course you spend some on some radio, some cable some some direct mail, some digital ads. But I as a as a campaign consultant today, I'm telling candidates spend a lot more of your resources on person-to-person organizing than on TV.
0: Mike Lux, his new book is How to Democrat in the Age of Trump. You can read him at thenation.com. Mike, thank you. It's been great having you on the show. Absolutely happy to do it anytime you want me back, I'm happy to come.